chill. They're far from his best option, and I think that they're far from his worst. Maybe it will happen, but probably not. Pardon my nuance. Like... Welcome into the Hot Read Podcast for Monday, May the 29th. I'm your host, Easton Fries, director of published content here at broadwaysportsmedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network, and you can follow me on Twitter at Easton Fries. I'm joined, as always, by producer JT, who you can follow on Twitter at JT underscore Runke. JT, how's it going, man? Happy Memorial Day. Yeah, I was about to say, it's Memorial Day, so I'm expecting even more people to listen because what else are you going to do with your day off? You better listen <laughs> exactly. on Memorial day. Well, you do mowing the lawn, throw the pot on. There you go. You know? Throw it on there. Whatever yep. you're, do- you're getting ready for the cookout with the family, throw the pot on. You yep. know what I mean? What else do you have there to you do? Go. I'm with you hundred percent. Uh, a decent sports weekend. Number of things on the radar NBA game last night. I don't know if you, you noticed that, but uh, I watched the last minute cause it was, I saw it was good, but that's exciting. All. That's the only part of an NBA game I'll tune into is the last minute. Just you mean the part that matters? The important yes. part? Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, well, it was a very exciting game. And I I, I sent you a, a meme this morning about the haters guide to it, which you're a total NBA it, hater. So like this, it, it's is, my, your, it, this is my is guide, this your mentality? Yeah. Is this yeah. your mentality going in? Um, Either mm-hmm. you get to laugh because the Celtics came all the way back from down 0-3 to tie it up 3-3 and then lose at home. Or you get to laugh at the Heat for being the first team in the history of the NBA to blow a 3-0 lead. Like, it's a win-win yep. for you, right? There you go. Yeah. You whereas, know me. It's just love being a hater. So, whereas, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. And then, sure. and then you know, who, who matter, whoever wins, it doesn't matter. Because let's let's bring on the Nugs. All hail Jokic. Let's get this point. going. I am of the opinion that it doesn't matter who wins. They're, they're just fighting for second place. I think the Nuggets are probably pretty stoked that this series has gone on as long as it has. Because it looked yeah. like it was going to be over in a hurry and we were going to get a little early NBA finals. No, no. Seven yep. games and the Nuggets are just getting rested and refueled and juiced up, ready to go, getting to study whoever they want to want to study to, you know, it's just it's it's shaping up to be the year for the Nuggets. And you know what? They're due. They're due. And Jokic is maybe the most entertaining not often talked about star in sports right now to me. Like he's just so maybe the most unique star in sports because he really like, what's his comp historically speaking this, he's just kind of he's Jokic. He's just one yeah. of a kind mm-hmm. and he's super fun to root for because he's just a normal dude. He likes to ball. Um, and then, you know, like he wins MVPs and they have to fly the MVPs over to freaking Slovakia or wherever he is, is from because he's just chilling with the fam in the off season, like not doing, movies or tv spots or commercials he's just vibing and playing ball um so yeah an interesting game to say the least i don't know what the majority of people want to happen like what do you think the average person that doesn't have a dog in the fight wants they probably want to see the history but at the same time it's more fun to root for the underdog and big dogs in this game now are the heat i I don't know i don't know i'll I'll feel bad for the loser either way um just because that's my disposition if jimmy jimmy butler if this happens to him, he deserves better, frankly. And uh, for the subjects to come all the way back, I won't feel that bad for Boston sports because it's Boston, I guess. But uh, it, yeah, it is I mean, it does kind of suck to get that close and not complete the historic run. If it is the heat, I just think it's funny. The only thing I'll say is that everybody for the past five years has been like, please not 
Cleveland or Golden State, please no, please no more. Can we get anything else? And now Anybody you're getting, else. and then now you're getting something else, and everybody's like, we don't want this. Well, not <laughs> like, that, not that though. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. For a second, it was like, oh yeah, baby, Lakers, Celtics, can't wait for the finals. And the NBA <laughs> probably has to be kicking themselves. Maybe they still get Boston, but if it's Nuggets, Heat, it might be a ratings disaster. Another thing that went well in sports this weekend, Vandy baseball. I don't know if you've been paying attention to the SEC championship or the SEC tournament, rather championship game coming up next and uh vandy boys are going to be in that championship because they've gotten hot at the right time tim corbin and the gang have uh looked really good beat florida 11 to 6 yesterday they were the one seed in the tourney vandy was the four um good for them you know vandy vandy baseball continues to be just carrying vandy sports uh, and you'll love to see it. As, and as by it the, always is. Yeah, as it all. And if it doesn't, then Vandy might really be in trouble. I, I saw an article talking about how these new mega conferences in college sports are considering like relegating different different uh, programs that don't pull their weight. And like if Vandy baseball doesn't keep the ship just trucking along, as as long as Tim Corbin's around, I don't think that they can be shipped off. But um, yeah. The other thing that that we can talk about from sports this weekend, I was made aware of this by Ari Merov over at My Sports Update on Twitter this weekend. We are this week at the midpoint of the NFL offseason. There have been 15 weekends without football that have passed, including this one. And we've got 15 more to go. So we are we are, we do have the desert ahead of us, no doubt. The worst the worst is yet to come, I'm afraid, my friends. Uh we we do have a little bit of OTAs left this week, then a little mandatory mini camp the next week. And then nothing until late July when they come back for camp. But we're halfway there. We made it this far. We can keep trucking along, and we'll keep trucking along with the show and get to the warm-up today, which is a peak late May, early June warm-up, JT. This is some awesome off-season content. Ross Tucker, who is a very successful uh, sports media member, very successful podcaster. He has a, a whole podcast network that he does with the Ross Tucker football show. I think it's what it's called, the Ross, Tucky, Ross Tucker NFL show, whatever it is. His, his primary show is very, very successful, very popular. He's got Greg Cosell, among others, on there all the time, and he does a great job with it. He, uh, I guess, did some some freelance writing with the 33rd team, a, a, a new, relatively new publication, and he ranked the head coaches in the NFL, his head coach power rankings via Ross Tucker. Kind of made the rounds this weekend, and I figured it'd be something funny to look at um, and just, just kind of give our critiques on JT. I don't know if you've really looked at this list at all. Have you? Um, I, I saw it in passing, but okay. I, I didn't, I didn't it's see it. It's an all right um, list. There's yeah, some things I, that I think are a little bit bonkers. Um, for me, the number one thing is in his, here's his top 10. Okay. We'll just, we'll go through the okay. top 10. Number one, Andy Reid. Number two, Bill Belichick. If you have those one, one, a one B, you know, I'm good with either. That That's the correct answer. Number three, Tomlin. Four, Sean Payton. Five, five, Nick Sirianni, six, Kyle Shanahan, seven, Sean McVay, eight, Brian Dable, nine, Pete Carroll, 10, Doug Peterson. Two of these things don't belong. <laughs> Two of these things <laughs> do not belong. What are Nick Sirianni and Brian Dable doing in the top 10 of this list? I mean, yeah, when you have guys like, um, Harbaugh and Vrabel and just a bunch of other guys outside of this list here. And you have yeah. those, those two, it's Sean a little McDermott. bit of a, um, it's a little Mike bit of McCarthy, a head scratcher. He's got a ring. Yep. I mean, in, like, 
and it, it definitely is like recency bias, right? Like, yes, Ron Rivera, he went to a Super Bowl one time. Like, really? We're gonna we're it, gonna do this with these two. Sirianni's the most. Egregious I would. One. Yeah, Top I would. Give, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna give the benefit of the doubt to Dable because of what he was able to do with that team last year. And it's going only forward. one year, but it's definitively um, it's impressive. Like what he did, he won Coach of the Year, didn't he? Uh, yes, he did. Yeah, and he and deservingly so. Like that. Like, I'm still not. I think that's it's one. It's one. I I find I find it very funny that. Zach Taylor is ahead of Mike Vrabel. Yeah, that's um, the other thing. Well, Zach Taylor at twelve. Zach Taylor Mike at twelve at is very interesting to me. And if you told Zach me Taylor, just... Zach Taylor, ten spots ahead of Bills coach Sean McDermott, also is a little that's, is that's a little interesting. Sean McDermott at twenty two, behind the likes of Mike McCarthy, Brandon Staley, uh, Arthur Smith, Dan Campbell, uh, Kevin O'Connell, who's done one year with the Vikings um mike mcdaniel like he's that is it's kind of blasphemous in my opinion for mcdermott i if you'd told me vrabel at 13 and given me no context that i've been like okay i mean it's it's a little lower than i would have put him but sure whatever um but yeah i don't know about zach taylor at 12 who like i don't know he's done his when he's had i think i think he's had crazy talented teams they've been good and when he's not they've been bad like i just i don't know what he's brought yeah i don't i don't think they've I, he's I think a fine he gets a, coach. Yeah, he's fine. I think he gets a little too under or like overhated. There's a little um, too much. I think, I'm with you. I think I think he does a fine job for what he's. I been don't given. think he's actively bad. I just think uh, when I think of coaches in the NFL who you have to consider, like you're you know you're playing Team X on Sunday, and one of the first things that come to comes to your mind is who their coach is. Like, oh shoot, we're playing that guy. Zach Taylor is in the like bottom five of the NFL yeah. for that. Like, you think Bengals. You think of 19 different things before you think, oh, yeah, and Zach Taylor's the one calling the shots. No, man. But when you think Titans, you're like, no matter how bad you think the team may be, oh, but Mike Vrabel is still the coach over there. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. there, and there's a number of coaches on this list like that. Like, I still think you play the Bills no matter how hurt they are. It's like that that coaching staff is still really talented, and they win a lot of games. It, it'll Zach- be in- – yeah, I was going to say it'll be interesting, like, to see, like, come back to this list because also, like – yes. it's like you put some of these guys up here on pedigree alone. And then other guys you leave out like Sean Payton at four is another one that I maybe have, like, he's a great coach, but like it's projection for sure. It's it's, it's total projection on this list. And I just like, he deserves to be in the top 10, but like a hundred percent top four, like after he hasn't coached in a while and he's going to the Broncos, I'm interested to see how he does there. We don't like, He's a great coach, but it's a totally different system and new environment for him. Really, the only thing that I like pound the table however, on that however, over is the Sirianni if, thing. Now, because because we were, here's my here my two cents on Sirianni. Like, he's had two good, successful winning years with the Eagles. Yes, but so could I mean you put a I told you yesterday you, a, a Deer Park water bottle could have coached those teams to ten wins. A yes. thousand percent. Like th- that that was I, not no, impressive. Nick Sirianni, you didn't do anything. You were just there. Yeah. So it bothers um, me. The, the, the last thing I'll say on it is that where I would rank Sean Payton number one overall is if they did a coaches ranking of coaches that like to get after it and have oh, a good yeah. time. If there was a at, get the, after at the bar. rankings. I yes. think I think my my top three would have to be Sean Payton, uh, McDaniel, Mike McDaniel, and then uh, maybe maybe. I don't know. Maybe I mean, uh, Stefanski, who we saw a number yeah, of times out at the bars. Yeah, like, Stefanski, he Stefanski the was there for it. So I think yes. that would have to be the top three on that ranking. But but Peyton with a 
I mean, there's a large gap between one and two. It is, there, it is, there really is. McDaniel still has his youth. You know, he's still, he's still young. He's still hip. Sean Payton, is he in his 60s now? Like, he's this dude's, this dude's in his late 50s at least. And he's getting after it at the, like the combine where we saw him every single day. Yeah, he's 59. Yeah, up at all hours of the day. We'd see him out at the bar at 2 a.m. And then the next day at 7 a.m., he'd be drinking a cup of coffee, looking like a spring chicken, like he got a really nice night's sleep. So I'm with you there. Um, let's move on to some Titans news and the primary topic of today's show. DeAndre Hopkins. Don't know if anybody noticed this over the weekend, but the Cardinals chose to cut or release DeAndre Hopkins from their roster. Um, not a post June 1st release either, JT. It did. Yeah, it's a little head scratching, right? They said, we'll take our six million, um, be done with it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, see you later and take the take the 22 23ish million yeah, dollar dead cap, i mm -hmm. think um a little bit of a head scratcher move but also that that what monty austin fort is doing down there is just like in his in his first couple months as the gm is just a little bit of a head scratcher to so me do you actually general. find it head scratching or because to me it makes total sense when you understand what a post june 1st cut yeah, I mean, uh, of course, like uh, many I, I folks found it head scratching, but I think it was a result of them not understanding how the post June first cut yeah, works, right? And, because you're going to have to owe if you did post June first, you're going to have to owe him a lot of money in in dead years um, past this past this year right now, right. which is the whole main thing. But still, it's like, I mean, to just let him go for free, I, I don't. That I don't part know. can be head scratching, sure, yeah. sure. And I mean, what it's, it's head scratching less that they did it and more that. It, it, I mean, it, it tells us one very clear thing. They they let him go because they could not find a trade partner. So yes. it's less why they let him go and more. How, why was it so hard to like, was their asking price just way too high? You'd think that they'd lower their price all the way to the bargain basement before they just let him go for nothing. I mean, yeah, I'm surprised like you'd rather get a sixth round pick in return than. But I guess I mean, no, a, I, I mean, a, a hurt Julio got a fourth. I feel like you could yes. have at least gotten a fourth round pick for DeAndre Hopkins somewhere. Well, but you then, know what like, it was it was the contract because yeah, if you trade him, you have to take to that contract. You have yep. to, but now you can negotiate whatever kind of contract you'd like. Um, so I mean, I mean, it, it is full tear down rebuild in Arizona with a quarterback on a contract that it's not like they're gonna be in the market for next year's quarterback group. You would think. Um, I don't know, but it's interesting Maybe to see what they're the doing idea. down there. However, it is. yeah, <laughs> I was going to say segue into it. DeAndre Hopkins now, um, with him being released it, it, as we talked about on, in the kickers episode, mm -hmm. it is name value banging on the table. We want that guy. We want that guy. We want that Bring guy, me but, oh, but, but this one makes a little bit sense, right? <laughs> well, I, I think so. And we could, let's talk about that in a minute before we, I, before we do that, I want to lay out all the details and just to explain, we kind of brushed over this and assumed everybody understood this just for those that maybe aren't aware of how the post June 1st cut works. When you cut a player um, post June 1st, or you designate them as a post June 1st cut, that is, a, I believe the, the um, point in the calendar that is designated by the NFL. I don't know if there's much significance of it besides just what they've designated as the start stop point of the kind of two phases of the free agency market. But if you designate a player to be cut post June 1st, not only do you get more cap money back, it's more cap relief in your pocket. So I'm making these numbers up right now, but if I had JT under contract, 
um, and cut him pre-June 1st, I might get $7 million of cap relief. Whereas if I designate him as a post-June 1st cut, it might give me 14 or $15 million of cap relief. And that's, I guess, just a, it's a reward for waiting to cut a guy at the point of the offseason where it's harder to replace them with a really high value name, right? Because by June 1st, you, you really don't have a whole lot of high value free agents on the market. You'd have to go trade for somebody of significant value most often. But what it also allows you to do is when you cut somebody post June 1st, the dead cap that is incurred by that contract being terminated early is spread is split in half and spread out over the next two seasons. So for example, the Titans cut Julio Jones in the off season of uh, before 2022 season, right? And they, they designate him as a post June 1st cut. His dead cap was somewhere in the territory of, I think 10 ish million dollars. And so they have incurred dead cap charges for Julio Jones this past season of about $5 million, I think. And this upcoming season, they're going to be uh, on their books, having about $5 million in dead in dead cap attributed to Julio Jones's post June 1st cut. The reason you do that is because you want more uh, cap space. Now you want less dead cap. You want to spread out that hit over the next couple of seasons instead of one. The reason the Cardinals clearly chose not to do that and, and gobble up the full 22 million and change dollar uh, dead cap hit for New Hopkins this offseason, this season, is because this is a team that knows the front office, the coaching staff, everybody there knows this is a rebuilding from the studs. I mean, we didn't remodel this house. We tore it to the foundation and we are starting over. And I think that part of that, like you mentioned earlier, it may include the Kyler Murray may not be the future for this team. Like they may be looking to move him for a, a significant amount of capital and then just be the Kings of the dragon's horde of capital, which they kind of already are in the NFL right now and go into the Caleb Williams, Drake may lottery next year. If, if they're going to be the number one overall pick, which not unlikely given the state of their roster, given the state of the, the, the state of their wide receiver room now without new Hopkins, given the state of the quarterback situation, is Kyler going to play it all this year? If so, is he going to look good? It's super not positive. That's going to happen. Really not confident at all. Kind of confident of the opposite, actually. So um, that is the situation with him. And that's why they decided, let's just eat it all now. We don't need that cap hit um, in future years when we're trying to actually rebuild, trying to compete. We need as much room as possible. So that's why they chose to eat it all now instead of spread it over two years. Now let's talk about D hop and what is next for him, right? He is a free man. Now um, he doesn't have to be traded. He doesn't have to uh, have somebody else dictate the terms of where he lands. He gets to shop around and he's going to be a very sought after commodity. Because if you look at the current free agent wide receivers in the NFL, it is D hop. And then a bunch of guys you've never heard of. That is, that is the situation. Well, that's uh, not true. Hold on. Okay. I, well, who, I mean, what is the list? What is the list? Kenny Galladay is on okay. there. <laughs> guys. You don't want to hear about in relation um, to your team. If you hear Kenny yeah, Galladay and your so team in the same sentence run. If we, if we have to take the top five, uh, wide receiver free agents right now, okay. Deandre Hopkins. Sure. Kenny Galladay. I'm sure. Um, Byron Pringle. <laughs> I Jarvis guess. Landry. Okay. And Nikhil Harry. Mm, an eclectic group. A, a really strong group of guys. I know who I'd want if you gave me the first <laughs> overall pick. Um, but with that situation, and there, I mean, there's a number of teams in the NFL, the Titans included, that really could use a receiver like DeAndre Hopkins. When we saw him last year 
after his six-game PED suspension to start the season, he looked like the dude that everyone wants to draft in fantasy, the dude that everybody loves to watch play football, the dude that everybody considers, at least in the past five or six years, one of the top three receivers in the NFL. And at this at this age now, you know, he's he's getting up there in in into his 30s. There's questions as to whether or not the wheels are going to start to fall off for him as receivers of his ilk and and quality like Julio Jones kind of fell off a cliff there around this same age. But the last season we saw of Julio in Atlanta and JT, you know, this as well as anybody dramatically different than this past season with DeAndre Hopkins. Julio was looking like a guy where the wheels were clearly coming off. Hopkins didn't really show that last year at Arizona. He was that bona fide one. He demanded a significant number of targets. He played a lot and didn't deal with injuries. Now, he didn't play the whole season because of the PED suspension, but in, in the times that he did play, he, he was DeAndre Hopkins, right? I mean, yeah, the, the narrative is, if you want the narrative to continue here um, about how he misses so many games, um, right. it was mostly because of the PED suspension. However, he did. He did still miss um, two games because of a hamstring injury last so, season. Did he last season? Yeah. So he wow, still that, he still that, battled. That completely flew under my radar. I didn't know. Yeah. That. He. It was the last two games of the season, I believe. Once they were out of it, they That's just said, right. we're, we're, "Okay, we're yeah, done I, with I, it." Now I remember those um, being kind of suspect. Maybe he. Yeah, but I mean, I, still, he would probably so, would have played if they were in contention, but they clearly yes. weren't. Yeah. Um. In in six or nine games he had 64 receptions on 96 targets for over 700 yards and um only three touchdowns so the touchdown production wasn't there um right. but i mean the, the cardinals he was, score he was averaging last year yeah he i mean he was averaging <laughs> that was most of them he was averaging 11 to 12 targets a game like receptions mm -hmm. like he was getting the ball crazy and jt amount. you know that i know this because i i drafted him in our fantasy you did. League last you did. year yes. sat on him forever through his ped suspension and then he was my primary receiver down the back stretch and was the reason that i was even remotely competitive down the stretch yep. um so i i think that wherever he lands he's going to be a, an impact let's talk about potential landing spots what the titans might look like as a landing spot and this is the tweet I sent out yesterday that is basically my feelings on the topic. I said, those of you who think the Titans make a ton of sense for DeAndre Hopkins, chill. Those of you who think DeAndre Hopkins makes absolutely no sense for the Titans, chill. They're far from his best option, and I think that they're far from his worst. Maybe it will happen, but probably not. Pardon my nuance like that. That is the take that I'm sorry. It's boring. I'm sorry that it's middle of the road. I'm sorry that it's not this polar, um, very opinionated, very strong take. But I think it's the correct take. And I think anybody with eyes and, and a shred of objectivity can look at this and say, yeah, they're a middle of the road option for from DeAndre Hopkins perspective as he chooses his next team and not to veer too far off the DeAndre Hopkins subject here but just a, a personal pet peeve of mine i had somebody who i uh, i won't name on twitter who I, I i'm fond of who follows me and and they are um kind to me the majority of the time and this wasn't unkind by any, any stretch of the imagination but just kind of yanking my chain and it brought up something that um while they were joking i was kind of serious about saying uh so they might get him but probably not but maybe hard-hitting analysis they found that funny and and that is a funny way of, of parsing what i said but I, I just said the analysis is that they're an all right landing spot from his perspective. Not great, not horrible. And it's not fence sitting on my part when the take 
is that the two polar opposite camps here are equally wrong. And I, my broader point in in taking that more seriously than I should have. And again, he was yanking my chain and, and I I got all riled up for no reason. Um, my broader point is that this sentiment, and again, he was joking, but many don't joke about this. This sentiment is precisely what's wrong with sports media, in my opinion, JT. And it's this very mindset of fans that drives it. This idea that analysis can't be hard hitting, which is really code for good and entertaining. If it isn't super polar, super dramatic, super binary, sometimes the best analysis is sort of boring. Sometimes it's not black or white. Sometimes it's this ugly gray color that you don't want, but it's it's the truth. It's the reality. And and not to be that guy that's like, well, I, you know, I'm smarter than everybody. All my takes are gray. Like, no, I I I present a number of very strong takes on this show. If you're familiar with the show, I go black and I go white when I feel strongly about something. But I'm also not of the ilk of, and JD, you and I have come across and we're familiar with, and we are often annoyed by a number of people in this very sports media market who are so inclined to be desperate for views and clicks and listeners and attention, 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 that even when they look at something like this and in their heart, they're like, yeah, it's a, it's an all right landing spot, but, but not the best. It's just, it's, there's nothing special about Tennessee in this regard for DeAndre Hopkins, in my opinion, they still will contort their thinking or try to play devil's ad advocate to find a way to be all black or all white on the topic because they know that that's what people care about. That's what people get, get upset about or excited about one way or another. And that's what drives the clicks. So um, that bothers me. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, okay. but also the, on, on this take alone, it's like a little different because it, I, I, haven't really seen a lot of people go into a hard yes or no on DeAndre Hopkins. It's See, been like I've seen nothing but that from fans, really I've, from fans. Well, now fans. there's a number of, of analysts that I've seen say that. Although I'm expecting I tomorrow Monday I morning, yeah. I can guarantee you we're going to get a number of radio station takes that are very black or white. I mean, you I mean, just know on, that's on the on the Friday when it came out, the initial reaction was like, yeah, but also like people were like shouting out like. I'd give it a 20, 20, like a one in four, one in five chance that he goes to the Titans because I don't know, but it's like, it makes sense. <laughs> like that is one in that five is, is the, strong. I don't know about you that, think so? but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of teams that could use him. Um, I, I mean, that's not too far off. If you made me put a number on it, made me, made me put a, a, a percentage. percentage, I don't know, maybe a 10% chance that he, that he comes. One in 10, one, maybe 15% chance somewhere in there. So that's, that's my take. And let's, let's actually break down the pros and the cons. The reasons why Tennessee would be a decent spot and the reasons why it wouldn't. Glad I took that call. It was super important. <laughs> it wasn't important. All right. I can tell. Um, all right. So we're talking about the, the pros and the cons. Here we go. So the pros for why Tennessee would make sense for DeAndre Hopkins plenty of money to offer and we'll get into the details of that here in a second i'll kind of break down how they could structure his contract should they be interested in offering him a one-year rental or a medium to long-term deal um so there's plenty of money if he if he's looking for a, a nice paycheck which he has expressed interest in by the way he said wherever he goes he wants i think the quote is a nice a nice contract whatever that means um, he in Tennessee would have coaches and teammates he knows and respects. So we know there's a, a, I think a couple of seasons in a row now, off seasons that that is, 
Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins have done a lot of training together. So they're seemingly friends and uh, spend a lot of time together in the offseason. And so that's one of the teammates that he'd be familiar with. And then on the coaching side, Mike Vrabel, he's familiar with from his time in Houston as the defensive coordinator when DeAndre Hopkins was there. And then Tim Kelly was his offensive coordinator through the years of Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins lighting the NFL on fire there for a little bit and running the AFC South. And from all accounts, he is very fond of Tim Kelly and has always been very fond of Tim Kelly. He also would be receiving infinity targets here in Tennessee. He he would if he goes to Buffalo, if he goes to um, you know, uh, Cincinnati would be they would not be in the market for him, but like San Francisco or something like that, where they have a number of good receivers already on the team, proven receivers he'd be having to share those reps. Now he might, if in Buffalo, he'd probably be sharing the one reps with, with Diggs. I'm guessing Diggs would probably command the wide receiver one reps, uh, uh, wide receiver one targets in San Fran. It'd kind of be the same. It'd be he and Debo probably commanding the ones. So if he wants to be a true one, a place like Tennessee, like he, he could be that true one in terms of target share and in terms of, um, uh, reps on the field snaps on the field. And then, it's a pretty comfy division like the AFC South on the uptick in our opinions. I think it's going to be getting better in the coming years, especially if a number of these young quarterbacks start to hit. But for now, in terms of the AFC, at least it is easily the, the best division to be in, in terms of ease. The cons are really easy. Like if he wants to go to a place where there are Super Bowl expectations immediately, that's not really the vibe here, right? Especially from a national st- You got to think about DeAndre Hopkins looking at the teams from a national standpoint because he's not in the nitty gritty in the local media of every team. He doesn't, he doesn't have inside knowledge on these teams that would give him a different opinion than most. Like he's going to be looking at what are the expectations for these teams? And for Tennessee, it's really widely varying, but n- very few are like, yeah, this is a contender to win it all this year right now. Right now, it's a this team might be a contender for the playoffs and it might be a contender for a top 10 pick next year, somewhere in there, kind of a lot of volatility and unknown with this team, which is fair. The other con is if he wants to go to a place where they have an elite quarterback already, Ryan Tannehill is a guy that I defend a lot. And I think that the the Titans have a good quarterback in Ryan Tannehill and they may have a future elite quarterback in uh, the, the young guys that they have in particular, Will Levis, if they develop, but that's a number of years down the road, you'd imagine. Right now, they just have a good quarterback situation with Ryan Tannehill. And then it is in the AFC. Like, I don't know if he cares or not about being in a really, really stacked AFC, but there's a lot of really, really talented quarterbacks over here. And the best teams and players and passers are all over here in the AFC. The NFC is kind of a dumpster fire to a receiver looking to just be a stat god and be a huge attention draw and to potentially be the missing piece for a team that could make a run. It's significantly easier to make a run in the NFC right now than it is the AFC. You got to get through Dallas and the Eagles and San Fran and the Seahawks end of list. Like that's kind of all the people, the the Lions. Hey, the Lions sneaky, right? Vikings, perhaps. But but beyond that, it's not the Chiefs and the Bengals and the Bills and the Jaguars and the like the Chargers. And like, it's just it's a nightmare over here. Okay, it's a nightmare. Don't don't come. Let's look into the the money now before we talk about some other landing spots, because there are a number of landing spots that are, I mean, it's really Buffalo and Kansas City are the the two that are talked most about. Which one of them in the arms race for the AFC is going to land DeAndre Hopkins? Because both could really use him right now, in my opinion. Not like the Titans could use him. I mean, the Titans could really use him. Both those teams could really use him. 
Um, and shout out our guy, Zach Lyons at F words pod on Twitter for some of that, some of this information, but the Titans do have the money right now. They have the cap space to sign Hopkins to a multi-year deal or to a one-year rental situation deal. If it is going to be a one or two year deal rental kind of vibe, um, they really kind of have two options. They can either mess with the current contracts that they have on the books right now in the form of cuts and trades and restructures, things of that nature. Or they can do what the Ravens did with OBJ this uh, past month, right? right? Right around the draft when they go and get OBJ and they add a bunch of void years with a signing bonus. It was a very, very funny money contract when it came down. Very strange. The Titans could easily do that with a guy like DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins as well. You just kind of run the risk of a much bigger financial hit down the road because of all those funny money numbers added onto the back end of the contract. If the Titans um, choose to do a multi-year deal, Here's kind of the situation, and uh, our guy, another another friend of the show, Mike Herndon, at Mike Herndon NFL on Twitter, has a really fantastic thread on this. The Titans have $10.6 million in current cap space right now per overthecap.com. And once you take out the cap charges for the expected cap charges for Skaronsky and Levis, that's going to be around $6.8 million left over. So that's the effective cap money they have right now, which, again, effective cap space is different than simple restructure cap space and maximum restructure cap space. Both of those things can easily be found with a toggle tool on over the cap. So if you want to go and look, the the the, the effective cap space of each team, or in other words, the cap space they have right now, technically, without doing restructures, is not really helpful. And JT, I think the more we get into NFL media, the more this becomes apparent. Like that number doesn't really mean much of anything because of just how much easy money there is sitting in restructures on your team. If you choose to go and make money by extending or changing the contract language, the nature of existing guys on the team. And we saw Ryan Tannehill create magic money to suddenly be able to pay for Julio Jones. We've seen Derrick Henry do it. We've seen a number of guys. I mean, on the team right now, Kevin Byard could be a contract like that. Derrick Henry could be Ryan Tannehill could be um, Harold Landry could be. I mean, I think he's one of the easiest contracts right now that you could just push that money down the road and give us a lot, give the, the Titans a lot of room there. But if the Titans do want to sign him, they wouldn't have to redo any of their existing contracts right now. They, they would not have to, if they choose to do a one year deal around the $8 million range, they could uh, do something like that with incentives that would take him up to the 12 to $15 million maximum um, salary, depending on how his season goes and add a couple of void years at the end of that contract, making his cap hit for this season, roughly $4 million, which is within their budget. They could also just restructure a deal like Harold Landry's, like I mentioned, and spread those cap charges out over 2024, 25, 26 on down the road so that they um, don't have to use up really all of their effective cap space right now on a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, they could still have some at their disposal. Um, this is something that w would really make sense for them, I think. And, and Mike Herndon points this out on his thread that like the Titans have roughly 10 bajillion dollars in cap space next season and for the seasons going forward. So to push money on a guy like Harold Landry's contract down the road, who coming off of a bad injury, but very young, very talented player, you're expecting him to be, I mean, they, with the contract he's on right now, the idea is he's going to be a stalwart, piece of this team for the foreseeable future so pushing his money down the road not all that risky in my opinion and something that wouldn't be all that harmful to again the hundred bajillion dollars with the cap space you have in the coming seasons the actual number right now i think is like 97 
to $100 million in effective cap space for next year, which is absurd. Um, so that small restructure would, would be just a drop in the bucket for them in future years. It would also be pretty easy for them to make a deal um, from a cap space standpoint that, um, like, like we mentioned from Zach Lyons tweet would be like a one year rental if they choose to do that. So, uh, excuse me, the opposite of what we mentioned in Zach Lyons article or uh, tweet doing a multi-year deal if they choose to do that, because with a multi-year deal, the first year or usually two or three, the cap hits are so low because of the way you're able to maneuver the cap. The risk there obviously is that you're going to be like Arizona right now, having to eat a $20 million cap charge. If D hop does in fact fall off a cliff at the age of 34 or 35, which is reasonable to assume. So that is the risk you run, but they could do a multi-year deal and push those numbers down the road. All of that being said, what you didn't hear in any of that JT was the Titans having to sacrifice or choose between DeAndre Hopkins. Should he ever even be interested in coming to Tennessee and a veteran big number guy already on their books. And the one you see thrown around a ton right now is Kevin Byard. If you have hypothetical Titans fans, okay, hypothetical. If you had to give up Kevin Byard for DeAndre Hopkins, do you pull the trigger? If you're Rand Carthen, let's first of all, the, the pick me boys out there that are desperate for attention with these these hypotheticals every single time a known commodity becomes available. I mean, this is what we are constantly laughing at, but it's so dumb. Stop. Stop with the hypotheticals. Stop playing fake GM. It, 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 do it on occasion in moderation, but when you do it twice a week, every single week through May and June and July, please, I'm, we're begging you to stop. Nobody cares. Um, that was mean, but it's true. Um, what is interesting about this mentality is just how much people don't understand the cap and the, the situation with Kevin Byard. People see the, the headlines on Kevin Byard, JT, and I think that the thinking is, well, they've asked him to take a pay cut, and he said no, so he's just going to be on that number. No, man, that that's not – they asked him to take a pay cut because that was one of a number of options for how they could change the number. But right now he's on the books for like 19 to $20 million against the cap as an aging safety. We've talked about this. I can't count how many times. You can't have that on the books for a guy like that. You can, however, restructure his contract. You could cut him. You could designate him as a post-June 1st cut. You could try to trade him. There's a number of options to change that number. I think the one that the Titans are going to be ultimately engaging in is restructuring in some form or fashion. I, they're, they're just, I refuse to believe they're going to let him play on this contract as it stands in 2023. And I also kind of refuse to believe that they're interested. Well, I know they're not interested in cutting him. They could cut him, but they would be, it would be an all time stupid move. I also don't think they're interested in trading him. Like I don't, I don't see a trade market there and I don't think they have any interest in doing that. So the idea that they would have to do that for a guy like D hop, Dumb, wrong, wrong and dumb, bad combo. It's not correct. So if anybody tells you that, maybe don't listen to them because they don't know what they're talking about. Um, but let's look into some of the insight from a national media perspective as to what DeAndre Hopkins actually wants and what the what the swirling news around the situation is. So from Albert Breer over at Sports Illustrated, he tweeted this on Saturday of this weekend. The Chiefs and the Bills were the only teams to have substantive trade talks with Arizona. Which, when I read that, JT, it made me think of, remember we were sitting there pre-draft night one, and the news about the Titans and Stroud is running like a wild, just rampant wildfire through our Twitter timelines. And then thrown in there is like, hey, by the way, it might include a package deal for DeAndre Hopkins. It's like, what? Are, huh? Where'd that come from? That was a crock of nonsense. That, that was yeah. all. <laughs> that was a lie. What, what's the, what's the uh, 
like tales from the crypt that it was a fabrication it was a lie we made it up you know what i mean that meme um that was the deal i guess it was just the chiefs and the bills looking to to potentially trade for him pre-draft with kansas city in particular the issue was um the the contract and it was really the issue with buffalo as well as reported by breer that both it was the contract like we mentioned earlier that was keeping them from pulling the trigger on that trade Kansas City apparently made progress, but the OBJ deal with a $15 million base um, more or less blew that progress up because it kind of reset the the trade market with OBJ getting that money. Now, now DeAndre Hopkins is using that kind of as a floor, as he should. As for where this goes next, according to Breer, he says that I would say the price is going to dictate that. Under the current circumstances, it's unlikely that Kansas City or Buffalo go and get him. If his price tag comes down, both teams offered incentive-heavy deals, for example, then maybe. Both Kansas City and Buffalo talked directly to Hopkins and already like him. So let's look at the actual space that these teams have. And these were the three, or excuse me, the five teams listed by DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins as his wish list when it was considered a potential trade for him to get out of Arizona and not being released the chiefs, the bills, the Eagles, the Ravens, and the chargers. Okay. The chiefs have basically zero wide receivers right now and $1 million in cap space, but some room with restructures that they could easily make with simple restructures, get a, enough money to get him if they want, but that's not really their MO. It's very actually anti their MO with the bills. They have one outside receiver and $1 million in $1 million in uh, cap space as well, but they have simple restructure room. Should they choose to do that? The Eagles have two star receivers and AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. Um, I don't really see them going after Deandre Hopkins, but if they did, they'd be kind of broken. They have $13 million in effective cap space right now. The Ravens have three wide receivers already, um, but none of them all that well, OBJ, but outside of that, not, not great guys right now. Some promising young guys be sure and $11 million in cap space. And then the Chargers have three receivers already, although I don't know if you've met, noticed, JT, the kind of the swirlings around that wide receiver room. Maybe they just have two. I, they, yeah, they, I, it, I, I've, I've been looking at that as I gear up for uh, fantasy right. deep diving and discussion. I've been watching that that wide receiver room in Los Angeles. kind of suspect. It's a little kinda sus. suspect. And actually makes some more sense as to why <laughs> the Chargers did what they did in the draft, but that's yes. a topic for another day. Um, and they have some significant space right now but a, a guy named justin herbert needs to be resigned this offseason and he's going to be and that's going to dictate a lot of money so a lot of uncertainty there all of that is to say some of his top options don't have what the titans have in the sense that they can throw money at this guy now they've got the money to do it they got the money not only to do it now but that it still makes sense for them down the road um, unlike some of these other teams who would do it now and it'd be a significant risk for them um, so all of that to be to be said, and I feel like we've laid out all of the the details here for folks to come to their own conclusion. My conclusion, JT, is still I don't think he's going to come to Tennessee, but it wouldn't blow my mind if he did. There's a lot of things to like. There's a lot of things to dislike. It all depends on what he wants. We don't know. Does how does he prioritize the the highest possible contract versus the quarterback situation versus the target share situation? versus the competitiveness of the team situation versus the how much do I like the coaches there situation. All of these things you could argue, you could tell me he cares most about one of these things and you could do all five and I'd be like, okay, I sure, I believe you, that that's what matters most to him. We don't know what matters most to him. So if the things the Titans can offer matter most, then maybe he'll consider them. If what matters most to him is an elite quarterback and championship window now, it ain't going to happen. 
I'll reserve for now the uh, the analysis as to whether or not it would be a good idea for the Titans, which I think we both have opinions on. But because it's such an unlikeliness, in my opinion, and if it is going to happen, maybe not anytime soon, I, I, we'll we'll put that off until the day it happens. We'll cross that bridge when it gets there. So with if that, you had to, if you had to name your top three most likely landing spots for him right now, oh man, um, I'd say Buff- Buffalo is up there because I think they have a desperation element to them. Um, see, it's tough. Like there's not any, I think I have my three. I've, I've been, as you've been discussing, I think I have my three. Another team that kind of comes to mind for me that I don't think would make the the craziest sense in the world. Could you see a reunion with Deshaun Watson in, in Cleveland? I thought about it. It's probably like in my top five. It's probably like number five, but who are your three? So my three, um, would be number one. I think the Detroit Lions make a lot of sense. I should have thought, yes, that makes a, especially with Jameson Williams missing some games. Um, like, yeah. yes. Yep. Yep. I mean, love. currently, uh, currently their, their top two uh, outside guys are, um, Oh, what is his? I, I'm even blanking on his Reynolds, name. One is Marvin Josh Jones. Reynolds. One is, one is, uh, yeah. Josh Reynolds and Marvin Jones are their two top outside guys right now. Elite. Yeah. Um, and then behind that, I mean, you, and they have, you have a ton Amon of, they have Ra. a ton of they have, space, yeah, right? They are, they are number four right now with a uh, top 51 cap space of 23 million. So yes, they could, they, they could just, they could throw him a 14 and $16 million deal right now if they wanted to, um, without having to do any right. restructuring or anything like all that. All depends on what his opinion of Jared Goff is, baby. It's yes. all that matters. Uh, number yep. two, which I think is all three of these are just like not flashy, like very much boring teams that he would, that he could teams go that if he lands there, NFL network's going to be kind of bummed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. the other one that I think, could be very interesting is the New York Giants. Um, they ah, they have Lord they have knows a lot. they could use them in that room. Uh, currently, with a starting um, a starting five of Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, Paris Campbell, Jalen Hyatt, and Sterling Shepard, and Wandale Ro- Robinson, six um, slot yeah, receivers. They, all could, they could use they could use some size over there. Uh, the money is not as great as some of these other teams um, looking at them, they're 25th with only $4.6 million available in the top 51. So they'd have to make some restructures or do something about Mm -hmm. that, but would be uh, a receiver that would, would make an impact there for sure. It would change the calculus with that receiving room dramatically. Yeah. And then the final one that I think makes a lot of sense. And it's been one that has been talked about for maybe a year and a half now is the new England Patriots. I mean, Hmm. um, they, do not what have are the anything Patriots right now, dude. What, the, uh, they are the black I mean, they're, hole they're, of the league right now. They're the most they're, boring they're top team in the three. league, in my opinion. Is their there... top three wide receivers right now are Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Juju Smith. <laughs> Juju, baby. I keep and then they drafted, Juju went there. And Juju then they said, dra- give me the bag. Yep. And then they drafted uh, two rookies that were two of our rookies that we said were the worst out of this wide receiver class in yep. Demario Douglas and Kayshawn mm. Booty. Mm. So <laughs> not, not exactly sure what they are doing. Can name um, a more boring team in the league right now to you than the Patriots? I don't think there is one for me. I, I'm I mean, so the, bored by I mean, the Patriots. The, the Bucks are pretty boring. I mean, yeah, but boring in a good way. Like actually bottoming out. Like I expect the Patriots to win some games this year. True, not they nearly be, enough for it to matter. They'll be a very boring seven and nine team. They they are sure. they, they are driving the purgatory bus right now. They are driving the purgatory bus until further notice. <laughs> so yeah, those are our yes. thoughts on, on those guys and uh, DeAndre Hopkins, where he goes. Uh, here, last question I'll ask JT. 
what's the over under on date by which he has a landing spot? Does, does uh, if I told you over under he lands somewhere by June twenty fourth? You saying before or after then? We know where DeAndre Hopkins is playing football this year. I would probably say after. I think I so feel too. like I, I feel I like this is time. I think he's going to take his time and we probably get it a week or two before training camp starts. Right. Do do, the, do a little OBJ college scouting style uh, tour. Do trips to all yeah. them. I Let mean, them just lavish you with steak dinners and and night fancy bubbling water in the lobby. And that, yeah. that's what we, that's what we will be talking about. We'll say DeAndre Hopkins spotted with so and so coach. At Our so plane tracking source has <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins jet landing at Brent with BNA. Yeah, a thousand percent. All right, let's yeah. move on. We got two more uh, little little topics here in the Titans news before we get out of here. Yeah, um, this is a situation that has just come across like my timeline today. It's um, weird. Something it's weird. that that is very interesting. But Jimmy G is not maybe the sit quarterback. Down, of sit, the... sit sit down for this news. Jimmy yeah. G's hurt. It's gonna blow your mind. <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Um, Take a seat. So I, you you probably know more about what's going on, but currently a bit. he isn't he isn't exactly slated to be. There's a possibility that they signed him and he is not their starting quarterback this this season. Yeah. So he had a. This is from the article from ProFootballTalk.com, and it says that because of a pre-existing medical con, or excuse me, well, oh I don't. This is technical jargon. I guess I'm not familiar with because of a pre-existing. Uh, medial and middle cuneiform and fracture of the base of the second metatarsal in the player's mm. left foot. And the club will not, uh, it, this is weird context quote, and that the club would not enter into an NFL player contract with said player. I guess that's contract jargon, but yes. it's the injury he suffered during the 2022 season um, that allowed for Brock Purdy to, to come in and become the cult of Brock, Brock Purdy. And then when to talk, went on to talk about, um, it acknowledges and waives the risk of further injury. This is this is how his contract was changed, by the way. So th- I should take a step back. When he failed his physical, which is what all this revolves around, Jimmy G had a physical late May, uh, I think. Yeah, late th- late this this month, failed it. This prompted the Raiders to then go take his contract and restructure it dramatically to include a lot of outs for them should he not be able to play this year. Because he's owed a lot of money. They gave him a good contract for a guy like Jimmy G this offseason, and he's really their only option. I, I forget who their who was the guy that played for them like one game last year and was kind of electric um, for 10 seconds. Stidham, I think it's yes, Stidham. Yes, Jared Is Stidham. It? Yes, yes, the yeah. guy that was going to be the heir apparent to Tom Brady and then definitely wasn't the heir apparent to Tom Brady. Yes. Um, they changed it, and the language in the new contract, it waives the risk of further injury, including potential quote permanent disability by continuing his career player also understands that such condition has decreased his ability to play professional football the waiver states and that continuing to play professional football may result in deterioration aggravation or re-injury of the existing conditions rendering player physically unable to perform the services that would be required of player by an nfl player contract blah 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 mumbo jumbo Um, (laughs) yes what it tells us is that um, Jimmy G is made of glass, as we already knew, and it's a question mark as to whether or not he's going to play. Now, this has been taken by every fan or media member in Titan circles that is desperate to ship off Ryan Tannehill before this season, and they have run my mayor. They're crossed county lines. They're in. Uh, they're uh, they're on. They're a state over at this point. 
running with this story because they are desperate for potential spots for the Titans in the next two or three months to trade away Ryan Tannehill and, and I guess get the ball rolling on the Will Levis train. Um, to them, I say, let's don't waste your time all summer looking for these spots. Is it possible Ryan Tannehill is traded before the season? Yeah, it's possible. I'd give it like a 3% chance. And if it does happen, it's going to be because a guy like this simply cannot play ball. But I think that this is a little bit peak May content. That's kind of what it reads to me, JT, a story that when we get to camp, Jimmy G is going to be out there and be fine. And it's going to be like, oh, okay. So it wasn't a big deal. We just, somebody hype. I mean, Mike Florio, who I like more than most actually tends to sensationalize and that's what makes him entertaining. But this kind of comes across as sensationalizing a little bit of tinfoil hattie. Um, looking for a little conspiracy in May to get the juices pumping on the timeline. I kind of think this is all going to be a nothing burger and the team clearly wants him or they wouldn't have signed him. They'd like for him to be healthy and ready to play football. Obviously Jimmy G would be uh, liking to be ready to be football ready in, in camp and, and at least by week one. So I don't think they're in. Also, I don't see, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't see the Raiders as a team that would love a Ryan Tannehill. Um, I, I kind of see Jimmy G as more fitting that McDaniel vibe than Ryan Tannehill, but I guess I could be wrong. All of that is to say, I, I think Ryan Tannehill is playing for this team this year, like 97% chance. And I think you shouldn't waste your time and energy. So we've gone, we've gone from early January that you were now 99.5% sure Tannehill's the starting quarterback to 97%. That's the big, that's the big caveat. <laughs> it is. That's, that's, the, that's the headline. That's going to be the title there of today's show. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, Easton freeze loses 2% confidence in mm -hmm. Titans starting dramatic what? shift. Yeah. Last thing here uh, for today. And this is like the most, um, speaking of May, peak May content, yeah, yeah. Peak May content. Um, the Titans continue to use Kevin Byard in promotional material. Um, yes. For what it's worth. So, which to be fair, JT of all of the nothing burger reading the tea leaves, things that like fall into this category, which we do a lot of in sports. I do think that promotional materials, are sneaky, reliable indicators of where a team's head is because we have seen teams very in very suspect fashion leave out guys really early on before it was ever like like the first th the first domino to fall for people to be talking about how like this guy might be gone is oh the team put out these big like fifty foot banners out front of the stadium and they included this guy instead of this guy and you're like huh really that's kind of strange you know what I mean so for them to continue to use. Kevin Byard, and it was an Instagram sponsorship, a sponsored ad across my Instagram feed this morning of Kevin Byard blown up. Just it's not Kevin Byard was included. It was just Kevin Byard in this fireball fast pass, which by the way, it's a yeah, can we talk it. about that real quick? Yeah, that's no, it's, it's quite fireball a deal. <laughs> fast pass, all nine home games for four hundred dollars, including a ticket. I mean, they they say including the London game, including a Ravens ticket. Not sure how that works, but if you look into it, JT. It's yeah. all for double A through double Z seats. I think mm. it's flex nosebleed seating. Like that you don't find out. Like they basically put you in a seat at the last minute that they haven't been able to fill. And you, you just, you go sit there and you watch. Yes, it's, so that it's is, a get, that's exactly it's a, how it works. Yes. Okay. It's a get in the building ticket. You know better than mm -hmm. I, because you've worked with these yes. things before. Yes. Um, that's basically what it is. And their ticket, like when you scan, it just says fireball. 
and like okay. it doesn't even say anything else on it. And it's like, oh, it's one of those. Is it uh, like the food here. stamps of tickets? It's kind of the food stamp of tickets, right? Kind of. I I, I wouldn't go. I don't want to. I don't want to demean these people because of course they're getting to go to a game. But like, I mean, listen, I get it. I'm young and poor. Like if I if I I'm got to be able to go to the uh, games on, SC, right? on, on like, the dime this. of yeah. yes, I'm I'm able to go to these Titans game on the dime of the team as media. So like I'm not if I was paying for tickets and I just wanted to get in the building. 400 bucks for four, nine games. Four, $44 not, for, not for a for ticket that includes maybe a London ticket. I don't know how that works, but like, yeah, that's not terrible. There too. How yeah. does that work? Have yeah, you, how does that work? JP, have you been to the upper, upper corner deck of the Titans stadium before? Because I have. I have, And yes. I know it. Is it worth $44? I mean, it is a nosebleed of all nosebleeds, man. Truly, yeah, I don't, I don't, you're just in the building. There, there it, are there are, there are are better nosebleeds in stadiums. I will say that. That's where I've, that's never, what I'll I've not on. been in a ton of stadiums, but I've never been in a nosebleed that bad. Maybe those weird seats in Lucas Oil Stadium that we found when we were there True. that are kind of strange. Maybe that's yeah, worse. But maybe, but if you're considering this, just know going into it that this is a get in the building ticket. This is not a ticket that you're going to enjoy from your seats. Any weather that day is going to be maximized ten tenfold up there. Any wind tenfold. Um, exposure to the sun and the rain and the wind and the elements. And also, you're going to get 300 times the viewing experience from your television than you are unless you're as long as you're rocking a flat screen of some sort and it is not an old uh old box tv you're going to enjoy that picture better than your view from up there but if you just want to get in the building and be there for the vibes be there for the support by all means go for it um and with that <laughs> ends a pretty scuffed show the deandre hopkins show we will be i have to apologize by the way for lying about this show on friday we were going to have a guest today sean calderon who you're familiar with if you read any of the titans um media article circle circuit stuff he does a lot of that for a number of different organizations worked with broadway for a while he's with uh other other publications now but does a really good job and he wrote an article on will levis last week that i found really interesting he did kind of a deep dive into his circumstance as compared to the other quarterbacks drafted in this class to try to find a way to artificially put them on level ground and i thought it was interesting and would maybe open the eyes of a number of fans i decided to kind of put that off not for long but i, I felt like it would fit in better in our Will Levis deep dive episode, which will be in June. All of our deep dives into each of the players that were added as rookies will be this June. Um, and so we'll we'll talk about that with him then. We do have one more guest later this week that I'm for sure is going to happen, barring some underlying circumstance. Um, we'll, be, we'll be talking with him, maybe a full episode later this week after OTAs. The one thing to look forward to this week, JT, is we will have a Wednesday episode. We'll have three episodes this week. Our Wednesday show will be coming off of the heels of OTAs, which media will be back at on Wednesday. We'll be there for the same deal um, starting from, I think, 11 to 3. Uh, we'll talk to a couple of the position coaches before we watch practice. We will watch practice. Um, if if you have any, any player in particular that you'd like me to, to pay attention to and give some notes on, feel free to DM me, tweet at me. Let us know in the reviews uh, that you leave for this show. Nice little segue there. Call me a pro. Uh, we, we do need you guys to go and give us a five-star rating and a review write in the review whatever you want including uh, some instructions for me let me be the voice of the people let me be your eyes and ears at camp let me know what you'd like to go see and i will go and see it and report back to you as much as i can um, and we appreciate all of you listening we appreciate all of you who give us five-star reviews it's very helpful to us in the algorithm 
all of those things that go over your heads and frankly ours, but we know it's important. Until then, JT, we'll be back on Wednesday afternoon talking OTAs. For producer JT, I'm your host, Easton Freeze. This has been the Hot Read Podcast. Have a great Memorial Day today, and we will talk to you later this week.